Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I just think this story is kind of hysterical. Uh, I think it is really funny. Uh, it's a funny way of showing where the priorities are for Montana Democrats in, in the legislature. After two years, Governor's Mansion in Montana sits vacant still. Uh, for some reason, this reminds me of uh, Nikki Haley's drapes at the U.N. It reminds me of the fancy doors that the Obama administration paid for at the Department of the Interior. So the, the Democrats love to throw a bunch of money at, uh, at government buildings, really fancy ones, too. I mean, what, what were the, the drapes for Nikki Haley going to, you know, and they weren't for her. It was the, the, the stinking previous administration were the ones who budgeted for these massively expensive drapes at, her, at this U.N. residence. And then the Department of the Interior, for those of you guys who don't remember, one of the phony attacks that these left-wing nut jobs uh, leveled against then Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke, now uh, once again Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke, oh, he's spending $50,000 or something to that effect on these ornate doors to the Secretary's office. It's like uh, that was actually, those plans were put up during the Obama administration. It was Obama and his cronies who were the ones who spent the money? Who were the ones who came up with the, the plans for the fancy doors? But leave it to these liberal nut jobs and, and, and their cronies in the media to use this as a, another fake, phony hit piece uh, against then Interior Secretary and now once again Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke. I mean, it was just so, such a par for the course, phony attack by these by these folks on the left. And, and, and for some reason, this story reminds me of a, sim, of a similar type of a deal here. So... Uh, so it looks like, as I read some of the online commentary, and I read, and I saw this liberal blog. After two years, the governor's mansion in Montana sits vacant. So apparently, you know, a couple million dollars was put forward in previous years. Apparently, there's some some much needed renovations and updates that need to be done to the governor's mansion in Helena, Montana, and the Democrats are are mad. That the Governor Gianforte hasn't spent the money to update the governor's mansion. They are mad that the governor isn't living in the governor's mansion. They're mad that he's not spending more of your money so he can live in a mansion that you're paying for, that you're paid for. Or they're mad that he's not spending even more money on top of the $2 million that was already budgeted to to renovate the thing. And I'm just sitting back here thinking, wow, one of your liberal judges in Gallatin County just cut the legs out from underneath the affordable housing bills that this governor signed into law and that this Republican supermajority got passed, and even a lot of Democrats supported it, to deliver affordable housing to the people of Montana. And legislative Democrats are more outraged that the governor isn't living in a mansion and spending more of the people's money to live in the governor's mansion. These people are, they just have zero priorities for you, the people. 
All right, so if you go to our Montana Talks website, you can see the full list. You can see how everybody voted, Democrat or Republican. Here's what I thought was funny. So the Montana Freedom Caucus put out a call for a special session of the legislature to deliver additional property tax relief, just like the legislature already delivered on property tax relief. The Democrats claimed they wanted a special session last July. They claimed to care about property taxes, but yet they voted no. That story, MontanaTalks.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, just, I mean, I, I'm open to hearing other uh, perspectives on this one, as always, but I gotta say, just off of uh, just initially reviewing this story here, I was seeing some of the online uh, chatter here earlier this morning. Uh, it, it, Usually the uh, the Montana politics hashtag anymore on Twitter. There's there's not that too much great information there, and and if there is great information there, uh, typically uh, it's coming from KJJR Radio and Kalispell via Twitter. So you can just follow their account anyway. But uh, every now and then you'll see some interesting stuff on there. But yeah, I just I just thought this story is just so absurd. Um, but but yet you see some of the legislative Democrats, they're like, oh, thanks for doing this story. Finally, somebody is telling this story. And I was like, wow, that's a little dramatic. What's what's the story? Is it about is it about the fentanyl and the meth and the drugs and the gang violence that's that's coming because of our southern border? Is it about, you know, uh, our our reservations that are that are, you know, families that are being ripped apart because of the drugs and the Mexican drug cartels is finally somebody is telling this story. Very dramatic. Oh, no, it's a story about the governor's mansion in Helena. And apparently these these uh, legislative Democrats are are really mad that that the governor uh, is not spending more of your taxpayer dollars to to update the governor's mansion. Uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with Tammy Fisher on this one. So Tammy Fisher, former former mayor of Kalispell, <laughs> she shared this story. It's a 12,000-plus square feet of official housing for the governor, and it's completely vacant, no stated plans, and no good, ex- no good explanation that people of Montana have a right to know what's going on. Uh, so, you know, I, the people of Montana are a little more concerned about where they're going to live and about, you know, and a little more concerned about their own uh, tax relief and and things like that. Uh, I don't think they really care if the governor is living in a governor's mansion or not. But anyway, Tammy Fisher shared this story on the Montana Politics hashtag. And she says, sell it. Just sell the governor's mansion. And I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's there's people who, who love the history of it. And, you know, it's a neat old house uh, in a cool area, really close to the Capitol. But... Uh, you know, do do we really still need a, a governor's mansion? I mean, the governor's got the second floor of the Capitol. The governor's got the staff. Do, do we really need a governor's mansion? I mean, uh, you know, I, I get where legislative Democrats are coming from. I mean, they, they worship the state. They worship government. 
and and they hope to one day be able to live in that taxpayer-funded mansion themselves. I mean, uh, Democrat governor, former Democrat governor Steve Bullock, really embodied this this worship of the state that the Democrats feel they are entitled to. You know, they they really think that that the term public servant means you are there to serve them. That they got elected, and now you are their servants. Remember when he would take the taxpayer-funded airplane, and he would fly from Helena to Missoula to go to, like, the Paul McCartney rock concert? And then he would take the same same airplane to fly to, you know, campaign fundraisers. But then he'd cover it up. Oh, I went and made peanut butter sandwiches at an elementary school. It was an official business event. When in reality, like, he traveled to Billings on the state-owned airplane so that he could go to a campaign fundraiser. And then he covered it up with some official, you know, peanut butter sandwich-making event. You know, it was peanut butter, jelly time, peanut butter, and then go to the campaign fundraiser for former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock. But, but you know, again here, the, the you know, uh, this is what legislative Democrats are all, uh, you know, wrapped up in a tizzy about, about, you know, should we, the taxpayers, pony up even more money to update a governor's mansion? Do we even need a governor's mansion anymore? Or is this just kind of a relic of the past, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, do, do, do the people of Montana still want to, to spend money on a governor's mansion? Or, you know, should, should any governor figure out a way to find housing on their own just like the rest of us? You know, when... When the elected uh, legislators have to have to show up in Helena for four months out of the year, every other year, they got to figure out a way to find housing. And so, you know, anyway, I just this whole story is so silly. And it just once again, it shows me how how the Democrat Party gets locked into this Helena bubble and how their priorities are not your priorities. I mean, they vote against property tax rebates, but then claim that they care about property taxes and they send a letter to the governor saying they want a special session of the legislature, but then they have an opportunity to vote for a special session of the legislature, and they vote against the special session of the legislature. And yesterday, one of our one of our listeners had a really good question. Hey, what are some of the new laws that are going into effect now that it's 2024, January 1st, 2024? What are some of the new laws that are now going into effect that are now on the books? Well, a couple of those laws were were two new laws to provide affordable housing for Montanans. And yet again, a liberal judge decides that, no, 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 they get to be the legislature. They get to, to, to set the, the rules. And a liberal, liberal judge just throws out these affordable housing laws. And, and again, are, are legislative Democrats in Helena concerned that you're uh, you, you, that you're going to face a lack of affordable housing because of their liberal judges? No, they're more concerned about whether the governor's mansion gets a couple more million more dollars plowed into it or not. I mean, give me a break. Could you be more out of touch with the people of Montana? Four zero six two nine four zero nine seven. We've got some callers on the phone lines here. Let's jump right into your phone calls right after this quick break here with Montana Talks. Uh, oh, hey, yeah, we've got some great callers on the line. Stand by. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint 
All right, I got to yap in there and uh, then just realized just before the break, hey, we got a couple callers on the phone lines, a couple of great callers on the phone lines. Uh, uh, anyway, I'll tell you who the surprise caller is uh, on one of the phone lines here in just a second. But first, Linda in Billings, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind this morning? Well, nice rant. Um, here's something really important. Illegal aliens can now go into a gun shop and buy a gun and don't have to go through a background check. Um, this is a little scary. So I would, I don't know, I'm not sure, sure about this. This is not a good thing. We have to go through them, but they don't. So I don't know. People better pay attention because this can happen. You never know when we might have to take up arms at this point in time. Well, and and then there we we saw some uh, we saw some of the video footage that was shared uh, over the holidays as well, where the you know some of the illegal aliens there was like I think game cameras or security cameras that some of the the ranchers on the southern border that showed some of the illegals just walking across the border with with guns already, but. Yeah, whether they get them, uh, whether they bring them with them across the border or find a way to get them here in America, I mean, it's, you know, frankly, um, any bad actor in the world can break into this country right now, and they're being and then being let in uh, with wide open arms by uh, by the Biden tester regime. Where where where's it? Where did you see that story this morning? Did you, just so we can go track it down? Uh, was it on a website, Twitter, or or where did no, you find I, that one? I saw it. I saw it a couple of days ago on the Benny show. Um, he was uh, giving that information out. But, um, yeah, that's not a good thing. But there is a thing called civical ta- civic tactics. I think they're here in the state of Montana. I think people need to join them. We need to uh, get together and we got to stop. we got to save this country. we got to save the state of Montana. We've got to do this. People need to wake up because if we don't, we're going to lose it. And George Soros, that's what he wants. So this is an all planned. This whole thing is planned. And people better wake up. They really, really need to. Well, and if people there's don't think it's planned, on. then why do they think there's migrant maps detailing and, and, and where they're openly showing uh, these illegal aliens, uh, the path that they can take to break into this country illegally. All right, Linda, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear from you. Uh, phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. You know, best part about this show is you never know who's going to call in. Uh, and uh, now on the phone lines, we've got Navy SEAL veteran and uh, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy with a surprise phone call this morning. Uh, Tim, great to hear from you. Hey, Aaron, thanks for covering the theme of dangerous distractions from the Montana Democrats and the liberal left, because it's not an accident. They don't, they're not coincidentally out of sync with issues for the voters. These are very intentional things that them and their friends in the media do to distract Montanans from the huge issues that are threatening this country. Uh, You know, Linda just talked about, uh, you know, immigrants coming in buying weapons. We've got 100,000 immigrants a week, sometimes 200,000. We've got record inflation, record interest rates. We've got, we're tiptoeing into World War III as the Biden tester regime is executing foreign policy that we haven't seen foreign policy this reckless in 80 years. And these things are threatening the very fabric of our country, the stability of our economy, record debt, record deficit spending. Uh, real incomes are down for Montanans, uh, the highest they've ever been. Gas prices going nuts because of the war on American energy. They want to distract Montanans with their friends in the media very intentionally 
to make sure that they're not focused on the issues that are literally destroying our economy and destroying our country. So they want to talk about things like furniture in the governor's mansion. They want to talk about things, you know, for me, it's, it's, oh, well, he was in a plane crash a few years ago, so he must be a bad guy. You know, his business is is, uh, working with the government, which, of course, is fighting wildfires, protecting Montanans. But they want to twist any media issue away from making sure Montanans are focused on the actual issues because they're terrified. They're terrified of what happens when the majority of Montanans actually get the facts of what's going on in this country and how John Tester and the Montana Democrats are empowering uh, these incredibly dangerous policies, giving billions of dollars to Iran as it murders Americans and our allies around the world. These policies being enacted by the radical left are are so at odds with what most Montanans want that they can't talk about it. So the Montana media, our local papers, our TV stations, uh, are partnering with our Democrats to create these dangerous distractions, and it's very, very intentional. So thank you for painting that picture. Thank you for reminding everybody of what's actually going on. Yeah, no, I like that phrase you use, dangerous distractions, because, you know, we, we have to laugh at this stuff, and you, you know how it is. I mean, you know, you, you were obviously in combat, and sometimes laughter and humor was, was the only way to get through tough situations, right? Absolutely. But we also have to mock... I mean, this is seriously, this is what they're passing for news. And this is the priorities of legislative Democrats in Helena. Like they're they're all they're more concerned about the governor's mansion than they are about and whether or not the governor lives in the mansion and, and, and why we should be spending millions of more dollars to update the governor. We the people don't care about the governor's mansion right now. We care about affordable housing. We care about tax relief. We care about getting our economy back on, on track as a nation and stopping this invasion on our southern border that's killing people across Montana right now. Well, they don't want to talk about a governor who's delivered you know, a record surplus. They don't want to talk about he sold the plane and he's not living and re- renovating a mansion, spending millions of dollars because he's focused on rebooting our economy in this state and delivering results for Montana. Those are themes they can't talk about because they know they're going to lose the rest of their remaining state seats in the next two years. So we've got to hold their feet to the fire. We've got to make sure the Montana papers that are always delivering lies and deceit uh, to the Montana people, they're carrying the water for the Montana Democrat Party. They always have. But this year, we're going to see a whole new spin on things because they're terrified John Tess is going to lose his seat, and that'll be the last statewide seat they hold for a long time. And they're terrified Trump's going to kick Biden out of office, so they're going to have to do everything they can in the media for the next year as we lead up to this election to mislead Montanans. And thank you for making sure they're hearing the truth. Well, you know, it was interesting. Uh, earlier this morning, I, I, I read an email from Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal because yesterday on this show, and, and if you got to run, I, I, you know, let me know if you got to run. Uh, but yeah, definitely want to get your thoughts on this. So yesterday we had a caller ask the question, why are they trying to remove Trump off the ballot? And, and because everybody has a theory, right? And, and, and anyway, long story short, what, what Evelyn pointed out is, is uh, this reporting in the in the Epic Times is that they're not just trying to keep Trump off the ballot because they don't want Trump to be on the ballot because they're doing everything they can to interfere in yet another presidential election. But they also don't want Trump to be on the ballot because they don't want the Trump voters to show up at the polls in 2024. Because, for example, liberal Senator John Tester has never been in an election. Uh, he's never been on the ballot at the same time Donald Trump is on the ballot. John Tester doesn't want Donald Trump to be on the ballot because he, he doesn't want Trump voters to come out and vote against him. Uh, just like John Tester doesn't want you to be the Republican candidate on the ballot because he is scared to death of a Navy SEAL veteran like you running against him. Oh, you hit the nail on the head, Aaron. I mean, it, 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 
uh, it's election interference at the highest level. You know, they don't want to accuse it. This is a classic Democrat tactics, gaslight, gaslight the other side for doing exactly what they do. You know, January 6th, they're treating it like it's another 9-11. Meanwhile, BLM and Antifa were burning our cities down for two years, and nothing ever happened to any of those people. And now they want to accuse the right of election interference. When the left has been denying an election, ever heard of Stacey Abrams? She still hasn't conceded the fact that she's lost twice as governor. And, you know, Hillary Clinton's first interview after losing to Donald Trump was he's an illegitimate president. So let's not forget Florida and Al Gore and the hanging chat. So the Democrats have been denying elections for 20 years plus. Yet, uh, you know, the, exactly what they're trying to do now is keep Trump off the ballot because he know, they know that he can leave a, lead a Reagan-style revolution next year for America. He can lead a Reagan-style conservative revolution where we can sweep the House, sweep the Senate, take back the White House because Americans of all walks, of all races, creeds, and religions, as we've seen in Chicago in the last couple of weeks, when, when the NAACP chapter in, in Chicago is saying, we're done voting for Democrats, they are not delivering results for our communities, that says a lot. You know, in, in, the, in, in the cradle of Democrat power in this country, for them to come out and do a press conference saying that Democrats are not delivering for black Chicagoans, that says a lot. They're scared, and Trump on the ballot means they would lose across the board in 24, and that's what they're trying to stop. Yeah, Navy SEAL veteran and Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy. Nice surprise phone call here this morning. We've just got the phone lines open. Anybody could call in, but, yeah, nice surprise phone call here. Um, do, do you have some time still, or do you got to run? Uh, i got to get going here, but uh, we're going to be here. Martinsdale, Fort Benton, Great Falls, um, and then Miles City next week, Cascade. So we're going to be all over the place here. So, unfortunately, i got to get going. But, uh, yeah, well, that sounds like a great tour. Well, I, I don't know if you if if you were listening in yesterday around this same time, I, or uh, in our nine o'clock hour, uh, you, you got your biggest endorsement yet. I know I know you've been endorsed by Senator Daines and Governor Gianforte, Congressman Zinke, and several other uh, leading Republicans and conservatives, uh, like former Speaker Gingrich. But but yesterday, uh, Francis and Big Fork called in and. Uh, and she said, you know, hey, she's a big fan of Congressman Rosendale. She loves the work he's doing in the House of Representatives, but she wants him to stay in the House, and she's backing you for the Senate. So I think that's your biggest endorsement yet from Francis and Bigfoot. That sure is. And, and, you know, those are the endorsements that matter the most. As I've told people, they say, boy, it's great you got the governor behind you. And Dan's. And I say, yeah, you know, sure, I'm honored by that. But, you know, the greatest endorsements I've had, you know, are, are from some of the veterans I've met at the American Legion, VFW, who say, hey, thank God we got a veteran running for the Senate seat finally, because John Tess has been sitting there pandering to veterans for 15, 16, 18 years. Uh, we're at record high veteran suicide. Our VA health care in the state is, is lagging. We have, we have the second highest veteran population uh, in the nation here in Montana, 10.5% of Montana. We want someone in that seat who's worn the uniform, who's fought in combat, who's been wounded in combat, and understands the needs of our veterans. So those are the most important endorsements I've got from our veterans. You know, all the events I've been at from from Libby all the way, you know, down to Galaga. Those those events where folks have come forward saying, "I want someone who served on the field of battle representing me in that Senate seat," and uh, I'm proud to have it. So thanks to Francis and thanks to everyone else who supported us so far. All right, Tim Sheehy, thanks for the surprise uh, surprise phone call. Great to hear from you. Safe travels on the campaign trail. Thanks, Eric. Take care. All right, you too. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. We're taking the phone calls uh, as we get them here. Oh, man, we already got a break here. Uh, uh, push it up. Let's see. We've got uh, Tim in Billings. We've got Brian in Bozeman. Looks like somebody else is ringing in right now as well. The number for you, 406-294-0970. Taking the calls as we get them here in this 8 o'clock hour of Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk you can also send us a message on our montana talks app as well
securing America. The lack of security of the U.S. southern border remains an old problem yet to be solved in the new year. Customs and Border Patrol reported a record number of illegal migrants, more than 302,000, crossed the border in December. That does not include those who are now gotaways with their whereabouts unknown. John Anthonson, the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, telling Fox. We don't even have agents to watch the cameras to count who's actually getting away. Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy will not accompany Speaker Mike Johnson on a trip to the border Wednesday, saying the time for trips is over and action is needed. Explaining on Fox's The Story what his constituents are telling him. We can't take this anymore. Roy adding this question, which he is now being asked. Why would you vote to fund the DHS that is doing this to the people of Texas? Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is scheduled to visit the border early next week. Kippy Retsky, Fox News. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man. Uh, so during the break, I thought, oh, I'll check in on social media, check in on Twitter. And then uh, so I pulled up Facebook. And you know how Facebook will show you your memories on this day last year, on this day seven years ago. Uh, it, anyway, um, you, you probably heard the news update er, earlier this morning. Uh, uh what, something like 70-plus people were killed. There was a, an explosion. Apparently, they were they were there celebrating the terrorist uh, mastermind, Qasem Soleimani. Remember, remember the terror mastermind that Trump killed when Trump was president? Uh, and, and so they were there celebrating uh, on the anniversary of the death of Qasem Soleimani. And apparently, an explosion took place, and 70-plus uh, terrorist... Uh, supporters of Qasem Soleimani were killed and so I'm, I'm sure it'll be a national day of mourning for Hamas NBC and the New York Times and others uh, when they saw so many of their supporters uh, 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 tragically lose their lives here today but uh, but anyway I go into my uh, my Facebook memories and uh, January 3rd 2020 uh, I said this you gotta admit it these Soleimani and Trump memes are hilarious. And so I had to go look. Remember when they had all these memes for uh, for when Trump killed Soleimani? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, Lonnie Bergstrom had a great one at a Lewistown. Uh, it's a picture of Trump dressed up like a Las Vegas magician. Now for my next act, I'll make Democrats defend Iran. And, of course, that's exactly what they did. And then uh, one of my favorites, it was a photo of Qasem Soleimani with the, wait, I thought he was impeached, uh, speech bubble ab of, uh, above it. And then somebody else had the, uh, General Qasem Soleimani has changed his profile photo. And it was, uh, you know, the, the skeleton, uh, who is it, Jeff Dunham, the comedian, I'll kill you. Uh, it was the picture of that uh, skeleton uh, from uh, Jeff Dunham's comedy bit, I'll kill you. Uh, that was the Qasem Soleimani profile photo. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> there were some others that I can't probably share on the radio. Uh, oh, uh, CJ Stewart had a great one, too. 
This is why we don't notify Congress about military operations. And then he had a picture of uh, the squad, like Ilhan Omar and crew. Uh, all right, in the phone lines we go. Tim in Billings. Uh, hope you're still there. I, I wanted to sneak you on with Tim Sheehy, but he had to run. But uh, we'll, we'll have him in here taking phone calls uh, further on down the road. Anyway, uh, great, anyway, great to hear from you, Tim. Good morning, Aaron. Yeah, I, I was hoping to catch Mr. Sheehy. You know, I, I like I like a lot of the stuff that he's doing. I, I think personally one of the best things I saw him do that I – and I don't necessarily believe it's a political a political uh, event at all is when he donated that money to Billings Clinic to make that a level three or level one. I don't know the designation, but the, the level, one level, trauma. Yeah, level, level one trauma. Yeah, level one trauma. Yeah, yep. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a private citizen – seeing a problem and doing what they need to do to try to solve that problem rather than run to big government for more for more money which you know leads to more taxes but um the one thing whoa whoa whoa. now tim let me hold you right there now now (laughs) now i don't know if you read this liberal blog there's some guy in big timber that my friends in big timber have never even heard of before there's some liberal uh journalism guy in big timber that wrote for this liberal uh, blog he said that because Tim Sheehy, you know, because he's been very successful in the private sector, he says that because because uh, Tim Tim and his wife donated so much money to Billings Clinic to have a level one trauma facility. Th- this liberal uh, guy on this liberal blog says says that's why you should oppose him because he's given lots of money. And I'm like, you people are nuts! Like they will literally attack this guy over anything. He gives money to a, a hospital to have a level one trauma facility and. And the liberal bloggers attack him for it. It's like, man, you people are nuts. I can tell you this. If you've got any miner, farmer, rancher that gets caught up in some equipment and their arm gets tore off, you know, because farming, ranching, mining, logging, these are some of the most dangerous jobs in our country, and they're very prevalent in our in our state. If that happens to you, you're going to want the best care you can get. If this guy in Big Timber doesn't want that, he can go to some crystal rubber and go get some goat butts screwed on his back, and they can go a holistic path if that's the way they want to go. Rub some I'll dirt on it. Yeah. Can get, yeah, I'll just go to Billings Clinic, and I'll have them sew me up, and, you know, hopefully they can make me a good prosthetic. But uh, Exactly. Well, yeah, and that's and that's what, what, what she actually articulated. I remember when that announcement was made long before, uh, you know, he was even a, a Senate candidate. and. You know, and he made the point that, like, when he was in Afghanistan, he was closer to a level one trauma facility than than when he was in Bozeman, and and so right. he put his money where his mouth is. And but the exactly. liberals will attack over anything. What else did you want to share? The, the the one thing I want to ask him, and I I like to ask this of every candidate that comes on the air with you, is can you give me the definition of inalienable? What is an inalienable right? And uh, you know that when you've had some of the more liberal people come on, they will they say, well, that's this, you know. They always come up. They, they, the first thing they say, "Well, I support the Second Amendment. I don't care about what you support." When you give me the definition of inalienable, because if you can't tell me that is a right given to you by God that you can neither forfeit or have taken away from you by another man, you don't understand what it is, and you don't deserve to be a representative in our government. Yeah, I believe he probably does understand the meaning of that word, and that that is a key word in our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. But uh, you know. It's, I just that's one thing I always like to ask of all the candidates because if they can clearly define that word, 
then I think they're, uh, you know. I like the Bernie Mac definition of unalienable. Uh, the Bernie Mac of, of inal- uh, the Bernie Mac definition of inalienable is I wish a mother would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know the full word he used. That's the Bernie Mac definition. I wish you would try to come and take these. All right, Tim, great to hear from you. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, 406-294-0970, the number for you. Brian in, I think, uh, Bozeman. Yeah, Brian in Bozeman. Uh, are you still there? I am, sir. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for the call. Good. Hey, I want to comment on the lady who called a little while ago and said illegal aliens can uh, buy a gun without a background check. That is absolutely not true. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering for for a source on that. Um, Yeah, what's the background here? I've been in the gun business for 35 years. I currently run a gun shop in Bozeman, Montana. And I'm also the guy that runs gun shows all over Montana, including the one in Great Falls where the ATF and the Canadians showed up a year ago. Oh, yeah. So I know what I'm talking about. That is, unless I missed a directive from the president or the ATF, which I haven't, they cannot walk in the shop anywhere with an FFL in Montana and buy a gun without a background check. Because I guarantee you, if I did something like that, when I get an ATF audit and I say, oh, some illegal alien came in here and I just gave him the gun, they are going to shut my doors and put me in the pen. Now, if they wanted to buy a, you know, a, an illegal firearm from a drug cartel operative on the ground in, you know, Lodgegrass, Montana, uh, you know, it might be against the law, but that ain't stopping them from doing it, right? Nope. Nope. They can get them that way. But from an FFL dealer without a background check, that is not going to happen. And I've been through four or five ATF audits in my life, and it is not fun. Yeah. Hey, by the way, are you going to be down at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas? Or you've probably um, been in the I business. I not this year. Yeah. I've got a bunch of gun shows coming up, so hopefully the Canadians won't show up in Great Falls again like they did a year ago. <laughs> Thank God for Jesse Slaughter. That yeah. man is a god. I tell you what, Jess and I have been friends a long time. and Yeah, Sheriff Slaughter is great. Sheriff Slaughter's got a, by the way, he's he's been unveiling episodes of his podcast if if folks haven't gotten a chance to see it. So he's having some cool, interesting guests on there. Um, I should get Sheriff Slaughter on on our show to talk a little bit more about his podcast and all the different folks that he's talking to. I'd call him and visit with him. I haven't seen him since the last gun show in Great Falls. So So you were at the gun show in Great Falls when, uh, yeah, when the Canadian uh, federal law enforcement showed up and they were... uh, they were they yeah. were they were secretly uh, you know taking photos of license plates and doing some surveillance and they yeah. never coordinated yeah. with the local sheriff on the ground. So right, right. I'm I'm the guy that runs those gun shows, so I wow. had to get involved in that. They were driving around filming all the license plates, and then they the guy that was in the SUV out in the parking lot had a buddy in the show wired with a phone, and what he was doing was going around to the vendors and saying things like, you know, hey. uh, I'm from Canada. I, I really need a gun. None of my vendors bit. They didn't do it. So They were trying to set somebody up is what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah, it was yeah. a sting operation, and they never informed Jeff that they were coming. He got a little hot. And they ended up stinging themselves because it's like, hey, guys, you could have had yeah. you know, a friendly on friendly. Uh, if that's what right. you call it, incident, because if if there's got yeah yes yeah that anyway that was just crazy. And, well, yeah. And as far as those, you know, if I've got a vendor in one of my gun shows that's doing things like that. I want him gone. You know, that's my business. That's I don't right. want any trouble with ATF and, or illegal things like that. I want that guy gone if he's doing something like that. So 
And ATF has showed up and told me what they, you know, they were looking for somebody. And I'm like, you know what? Go around and look. If you can find somebody that's doing something wrong, go ahead and do something. That's the thing about the gun, the folks in the gun industry. They do a good job of, of policing their own because uh, your reputation yeah. de- depends on it. Yeah, that's right. Hey, well, Brian, great to hear from you. Uh, shoot me an email. Maybe we should we should talk more with you before we go to the SHOT Show because we'll be back at the SHOT Show later this month for three days, but, but it would be great to catch up with you ahead of that. Your morning cup of Sean. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. I would have signature verification. I would have chain of custody controls for any mail-in ballots. I would have uh, updated voter rolls mandated by law. And I would have partisan observers in every precinct across the country. People get to watch the voting all day. And when the polls close, they get to watch the voting all night. But that's not the system we have. So my strong message, which has been a message now since 2021, is that you got to deal with the hand you're dealt, not the one that you wish you were dealt. We're not going to have paper ballots same day voting this year. It's not going to happen. So for all the Republicans out there and conservatives out there, if you want to fight City Hall and you want to say stay stubborn, I think it's a bad idea. The conservative underground meets later today on the Sean Hannity Show. Does your current trophy wife want a life insurance policy three times the size of your previous mistakes? Relax and call Big Lou at Term Provider. Big Lou says if you're in your 50s, even a bit porky, a $1 million term life policy should only cost about two to 300 bucks per month. Call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He likes trophies, too. For affordable life insurance, call 800-529-2856. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Free. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Here's the biggest economic story you might not have heard about. The U.S. is quietly experiencing a construction boom in building manufacturing facilities. Plenty of categories of construction spending have increased since the pandemic, but some of that is simply because the rise in prices and wages has inflated dollar costs. But increases in construction of computer, electronics, and equipment manufacturing facilities in particular is real, up more than 50% since 2022, even after accounting for cost inflation. It's hard to look anywhere for a cause except the two spending bills passed by Congress that have dangled the subsidy carrot in front of investors, the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. Much has been made of announcements of green energy facilities, which in recent history have a less than 50% batting average of actually coming about. The building that's taking place today is construction put in place, most of it tied to batteries, electric vehicles, and power components. This is the Industrial Policy Approach to Economic Management in Action. I'm Patrick Barkey. That's mylocalcustomers.com. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Springs Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. (laughs) 
This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, just a few minutes left here this hour of the show. Uh, I see we got State Senator John Fuller on the line. That's great. Stand by, John. Hope to hear from you here in just a second. But first, uh, we, we've got Rock on the phone lines calling in from the middle of nowhere. Rock, what's going on? Hey, I was glad to hear that Phil uh, Bryan called in the SSL guy. But uh, anyway, hey, say illegals could buy um, firearms, you know, without a background check. Could I identify as a uh, illegal alien and then buy one? I was just kind of wondering that. <laughs> <laughs> you can, well, isn't it funny how you can identify however you want, you know, uh, gender-wise or sex-wise, but boy, by golly, don't you pretend to be a different race, uh, you know? Ask, you know, maybe Rachel Dolezal could be the next president of Harvard. I mean, you know, uh, Ibram Kendi and Lamont, Mark Lamont Hill say that the next president has to be a black woman. So I guess, you know, Rachel Dolezal identifies as black, so she should count, right? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, <laughs> just, a, just a little humor there. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rock. Great to hear from you. Uh, let's see. Let's go next. Uh, we got State Senator John Fuller out of Kalispell. Senator Fuller, great to hear from you. Am I on the Oh, I'm on the wrong phone line. Hold on one second there. Okay. Wait a minute. Is he still? Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. I got you now, Senator Fuller. Sorry about that. Okay. Thank you for, ta thank you for taking my call, Aaron. I was particularly pleased and uh, intrigued by the uh, individual earlier that talked talk about asking candidates what their definition of inalienable was. And, of course, me being the legislator most likely to give a history lesson with every speech, I immediately had to uh, dial in and, t and tell that a synonym for inalienable is unalienable. And you know what a lien is. Everyone knows what a lien is when you have a lien on your property. And when you have unalienable rights, it means that no one else can lay claim to them. And uh, that includes, uh, of course, the government. And, of course, the, so... The question I w uh, would also ask people to ask their candidates in this upcoming election is, what is their definition of the purpose of government? And if they don't know, then they're not deserving of taking the office, because the purpose of government was given to us in the second sentence of the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence by Thomas Jefferson. It's to protect the rights of man. And uh, consequently, they, uh, they can use one word, and that is being justice. But uh, uh, our rights And now it's to trample on the rights of Trump. Uh, yeah. And anybody that and, supports uh, them. Ultimately, uh, and ultimately all of us. So uh, there's your mini history lesson for the day from the legislator most likely to get a history lesson with every speech. <laughs> so I, I, I just wanted to get the def the dictionary definition, and so I just quickly searched it and it pulled up the definition from the Oxford languages, and it says, inalienable, unable to be taken away from or given away by the possessor, and then in quotes, freedom of religion, the most inalienable of all human rights. Uh, well, 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 it, it, uh, shut up and wear your mask and don't go to church. But Planned Parenthood's still open. It, it, well, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, uh, yes, uh, it, it, this election coming up is, uh, is important. And so I urge you not just to talk to your neighbor, but talk to your neighbor 10 doors down and the neighbor 20 doors down and inform them of the necessity of making sure we participate and vote because we're going to get what we deserve in the upcoming elections. 
Yeah. Hey, Senator Fuller, I don't know if you, you were able to listen in on yesterday's program, and I know we're very short on time here, um, but I could chat a little bit more with you off air. Um, the military pension exemption, uh, uh, you get you got that bill through the legislature, 50 percent exemption of military pensions mm-hmm. for taxes. Um, anyway, I had a caller call in yesterday and say uh, uh, that uh, there's some stipulations, uh, apparently, that the Department of Revenue is putting out on that. So anyway, I, I want to get your take on it. I'll, I'll try to catch up with you off air or maybe get, get you back on the show here one of these days to talk a little bit more about the implementation of that bill uh, if you're up for it. But appreciate your quick phone call here today. And sorry we ran out of time this hour of the show. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have more phone calls in the 9 o'clock.